0: What is going on everybody this is episode 103 of Pop Culture Crisis my name is Brett I'm here with my co-host please introduce yourself
1: Hi I'm Mary How you doing today Um I'm okay She
0: she <laughs> uh ladies and gentlemen she hasn't been feeling the best uh, and but i'm so, here
1: anyway because i love you she, she
0: loves you the fans uh the the crisis actors as i call them
1: all of you crisis actors out there
0: exactly she you is, have
1: me at my best and my worst
0: if you can't handle me at my best you don't deserve uh, <laughs> i
1: hate sure. that expression no, <laughs>
0: my favorite is the one that says like it says uh if you can't handle me at my worst you don't deserve me at my best sign somebody who's never at their best yeah <laughs>
2: i hate that expression i feel like it's just people not willing to take accountability for like their own like self-improvement right they're like i get to be horrible and you have to deal with it otherwise it's not love like stop being so selfish
0: i agree 100 percent. and that hot take that you just heard came from our co-host today (laughs) introduce yourself please
2: hi i'm hannah claire brimlow i'm a writer for timcast.com
0: Yes, she is. Uh, and she apparently believes that you should try to be at your best all the time, no matter what. No,
2: I think people can like be you know, not themselves, and it's good, especially if you're like in a relationship with someone, to think occasionally they're going to have off days, right? But sometimes I think people use the expression, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best, as like a, I only get to act however I want, and yes. I won't take accountability for that. And that's like obviously not a very good mentality. But Marilyn Monroe was the one that said it, right? Yes, but I doubt that's how she intended it to be used. Yeah,
0: I like it's like they, it's people who those are the people that don't have bad days, they have bad months or bad quarters, mm-hmm. uh, and and you're just supposed to accept having a bad quarter in a relationship where you're like it's okay, had a bad decade I, yeah.
2: or two. <laughs> well, I feel like even if you're in a relationship and you're having a bad day, week, quarter, millennium, whatever, like you're still accountable for how you treat your partner. You know, they might have more empathy or forgiveness for you. Because they care about you, but that doesn't like give you license to be like, well, I get to treat you badly because I'm having a bad time.
0: Exactly uh, You heard it here first Ladies and Anyways, gentlemen Anyway, so
2: welcome To the relationship podcast <laughs> yes.
0: Which we are segueing through uh, Today We got a bunch of stuff To talk about That is not necessarily Relationship related We're going to talk about um, An interview with uh, The director of The Northman Which comes out this weekend In which he had some Very interesting things To say about um, The culture around uh, Vikings and masculinity And how it relates To current year And what he said Was very current year If I, if I, if I do say so myself So we're going to discuss that We're going to talk about Angelina Jolie suing the FBI because it's 2022 and, and nothing matters anymore. And then we are also going to talk about Ellen Pompeo, or as I call her, Lady from Grey's Anatomy, because I'm not exactly the Grey's Anatomy target audience, um, uh, and some very uh, interesting comments she had to say about long work hours, in which I will try my very best to not be sarcastic the whole time. Uh, uh, there will be no smallest violin and no single tear rolling down my face, uh, perhaps so. Um, but then we 've got podlock we got a bunch of other stuff, so if you guys are ready, are you ready
1: we 're ready they 're ready let
0: 's do it I'm ready and ready okay all right, so how the Northman director looked at looked at masculinity and the quote macho stuff in the <laughs> in the Viking revenge thriller, so uh, his name is Robert eggers, and he 's a fantastic director, but i I found a lot of this interview to be kind of um, current year I guess would be the best way to describe it but there's a lot of it that I appreciate too because he uh, in the end though I think some of what he says is ridiculous he also makes a point at the end to say like he has to leave his opinions on a lot of the stuff at the door if he's making a, a historical piece uh, and that type of um, artistic integrity at the very least I can appreciate right mm-hmm. so it says uh, the, uh, it says uh, watching the Northman you'd think that Robert Eggers had been, uh, had been his life it is wait say it again that Robert Eggers had been his life had been, has been. Am I saying that wrong? You'd think that Robert Eggers has been his life being fascinated by Viking culture. They I think need they need to mean, fix that. Yeah. yeah, that's a typo.
2: That's okay, like, okay.
0: I'm just making sure it wasn't me. Yeah, that's, no. Uh, so. is roasting cinema <laughs> blender.
2: Right I'm not now.
0: trying to. Uh, that you'd think he'd spent his life being fascinated by Viking culture. Uh, The movie not only has the same authentic feel uh, possessed by his previous two films, but goes deep as far as adapting the legend of Amleth. Is that that how you pronounce that? I don't know, but it looks like Amleth to me. Close enough. And including elements of Norse mythology. If one didn't know any better, one would think that... uh, think of it being a long gestating passion project for the filmmaker only now able to make thanks to the success of the witch and the lighthouse, uh, the, the lighthouses. I, I was talking to Shane Cashman before the show today. He's a huge fan of the witch. I'm a huge fan of the lighthouse. So I, I highly recommend anybody. If you have not yet seen those movies, they are very much, uh, uh the lighthouses in my opinion, why you should uh, not discount Robert Pattinson as an actor. Uh, and that also was really good. yes uh, and a, a fantastic performance from Willem Defoe who I got his name right right there I didn't say William I said Willem it's oh, good on my part <laughs> uh, the truth is much more um, we're gonna back, back to the article the truth is much more complicated however in reality Robert Eggers wasn't particularly knowledgeable about Vikings prior to getting together with Alexander Skarsgard to make the Northmen the reason being its association here we go it's associate association with masculine tropes and the misappropriation of the culture by right-wing extremists Extremis. These conflicts were ultimately overcome by a combination of two things. Eggers recognizing the natural beauty found in Scandinavia and his ability to comment on the subjects with his approach to the story. So we're going to skip right over the ridiculous part about uh, masculine culture and right-wing extremists. I don't care what your political leanings are. That does not matter to me. I think that's a ridiculous take. That's fine. I do find it hilarious, though, that he's talking about... Um, <laughs> Uh that that he uses beauty to to find these things, but also he says, I, I want to know what he means by masculine tropes. Um, also
2: that's like a selling point for me. It's yeah. like a movie with masculine tropes. I'm like, I'm there. We Sounds were, good. We
0: were watching this trailer and I kid you not, like four people were like in the like in the in the theater were like, Yeah Yeah, look at the violence. This is awesome. Like yeah. It's like dudes in shape, and they're and they're killing each other. This is awesome. It's funny
1: because, like, ordinarily when men are portrayed in movies as effeminate or moronic, um, just completely useless, no one says that those are like. Tropes, those are that's just accepted as like an accurate depiction of of men. The Homer Simpson, but approach. when but you when they're not doing anything, yeah. yeah, doing anything, um, heroic, traditionally masculine, yeah. then it's a trope.
0: It's the entire selling point of this movie. I was watching this trailer, I'm like, this is a movie about a dude like getting revenge on another dude for killing his family. This is like the most old school crap I mean, there is I've seen. Some wild
1: stuff in it, like howling yeah. at the Moon yeah that's but, awesome um, do it
2: that's cool like, well and if he's getting revenge, I haven't seen the trailer but like presumably there's like a code of ethics and honor and th- mm. values and community and there's mm-hmm. a reason like there's like a idea of like clan like mm, clannishness right that yeah. like unites people like there's stuff about that that I don't even think we I think it is traditionally a masculine value in a lot of literature and mm-hmm. art. It doesn't have to be, but also it's something uh, modern culture strays away from. They pursue individuality and, like, uh, personal and self-pursuit overall and to the detriment of some important aspects of, like, community building. Yeah, uh, perhaps
0: they don't understand the importance of those elements uh, as far as, like, storytelling as a whole.
2: Well, and I would argue that it goes against a lot of modern cultural narratives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, self-love and things that in moderation that could be good but to the extent at which some people want you to be indulged by them and to pursue them blindly without any other interests you know it's very different from norse culture and you know especially like when you think of north norse mythology and the cultures that told those stories like they are growing and established in like extreme brutal weather conditions Mm -hmm. right like you need community to survive
0: and he he uses Mm -hmm. the term the beauty of scandinavia but they go you know he it's glossing over the fact that they talk about he says right here says i didn't have a ton of knowledge because originally i wasn't interested in vikings i didn't like the macho stuff and the right-wing misappropriation of viking culture put me off even more i don't know what that is i'm from minnesota and we have the minnesota vikings as our football team so i don't know misappropriated First. I think we misappropriated Viking culture first. I'm to just saying, fair. I should have worn a Viking to fair, hat today. Why didn't I do that? Yeah,
2: come on. What's going on? I don't think you actually misappropriated it because um, Minnesota and that region of the country mm-hmm. is the, like basically heartland of uh, the American Scandinavian migration pattern. Um, I, you know, I do know that like there is a link to some... Um, I don't like the term right-wing extremism, but like there are a lot of right-wing and More traditional, conservative people who make references to like Valhalla and like Norse culture. Uh, You know who are not part of Norse culture. We I don't actually know that. And also, like, it's we're not allowed to misappropriate cultures. But to be fair, like, if they are actually of Scandinavian descent, isn't that them just being connected to To... something they're already related to? Well, whether
1: you're coming from the perspective of idolizing Norse culture for your own. Political ends, whatever they may be, or you're criticizing it, saying that there it's like too much about masculine machismo and like you know cheap tropes. Yep, you're still judging it
2: from a modern perspective, and
0: that's what I think the biggest issue. Telling
2: the story, yeah, from their perspective. Well, and maybe I'm just being like, you know, so. I don't know, stubborn, basically. But, like, I think there should be more traditional masculine tropes in media. I, like... I'll go see this movie just for that. I'm sorry the director didn't like it. I think that's a positive thing to portray.
0: My uh my issue with this is that the the lens of of criticizing what they consider traditional masculinity is done through all of the benefits that have been gained from past uh you know masculine you know through the masculinity of the past, yeah, har- which helped <laughs> develop the world we live in today. Where you uh, it's essentially um, cannibalized the need for a lot of people to even have those traits because society is so easy on them. now. Now, right. That Strong they just... men
1: create good times and good times create weak men and weak men create bad times, et cetera, et, yep. et cetera. And I feel like continues. Robert
2: Eggert's like if he had come out and but like, yeah, I love the macho stuff. Yep. It would be like scandalous, anti-feminist yeah. director. Like, I feel like in some ways, like maybe he didn't care about it, but also maybe he has to sort of be like, well, no, like. Masculinity is a dangerous thing. We don't really want to promote it too much, but also this movie would not have made it without it. You know and, what I yeah. mean? and
0: what I will give him credit for is that he talks about leaving his uh belief about modern sensibilities at the door while making a period piece. I can respect that, even if I think his opinion is is wrong. But it says, But when I took a trip to Iceland, the landscapes were so brutal and inspiring and epic, it made me pick up some Viking sagas and learn about them. Yes. They, the, the, they were brutal because the world they lived in was undeveloped and brutal. It yeah. was a requirement of uh, of what their existence. was. That's not was. an
1: indictment of their character.
0: No, it is not. Uh, it is not at all. It says it would be, have been impossible for Eggers to make the Northman as the faithful, authentic thriller that it, with a, that with his limited knowledge. So he talks about he hires people, you know, historians. I do like how he hired like a poet and a historian. He's like, we can't have too much masculinity, so we're going to hire a poet. I'm just kidding. I'm not because
2: <laughs> masculine Poets. men cannot be into poetry. Yes, That's not at all a stereotype.
0: It's not a thing. So, so it says the uh, the finest uh, the. Finest Historians and archaeologists in the field of Viking studies were called upon to ensure accuracy in telling the Amleth legend and depicting the year 895 AD. As anyone who has ever seen the trailer for the Northmen can attest, what still ended what uh what still ended up being in part of the film was Robert Eggers described as the macho stuff, what pop culture regularly renders as high testosterone cliches, uh as in aggression, revenge, honor, and power. Uh, uh all uh, are all still themes in which the movie engages which because they are universal and they are things that everyone understands what i found is like a lot of the what, what they call clichés nowadays are being abandoned for extremely, extremely narrowly focused ideas, which are only going to appeal to a small group of people. Whereas the idea of power, the idea of revenge, and the idea of honor are all almost entirely universal. And everyone can adapt their world belief uh, into um, figuring out something about themselves in relation to those those qualities, to those mm-hmm. traits. Which So all he's doing is telling a brutally honest story about universal themes that are now considered... Problematic by today's society, he says. Uh, to be more blunt, this movie is a uh, is a this is a movie where Alexander Skarsgård is ripping out throats and Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe get naked and howl at the moon. Do it, do it, my friends. So what?
2: They go on like a bachelor party?
0: D- exactly. I was <laughs> I'm like I, was like I don't know if you've been to Vegas on like early, I don't know if you've been in the desert on like a Friday, but yeah. So it says for Eggers, it's <laughs> Look, important. If that's
2: how men bond. Like who am I to judge? Yeah. It's a little weird, but like,
0: have you ever been to a bachelor party? I have not. To yes. be fair. <laughs> For Eggers it was important not to impose modern sensibilities in our society's evolving definition of masculinity in the material but where the story concludes provides the audience with the opportunity to make judgments about the value of the hero's choices said the writer director so he they are right about that uh, there is a, a sense that in I believe in many of the wrong ways that our society's uh, the ease in which we have life nowadays the you know whether it's modern sensibilities through technology through uh, you know how we've um, Um, expanded our living arrangement, you know, how we live, uh, whether it's the fact that you have a grocery store on every corner, the fact that you're going to live in an apartment, uh, and have a phone in your pocket at all times, all of this conclude, you know, kind of causes us to evolve as a species in, in a way that's far less about survival and far more about comfort. Uh, And whether we think it's right or wrong to abandon those previous principles, one could say that you should never completely uh, get rid of those instincts because all of this could be taken away in a second because, you know, there's just no telling that the world is not always necessarily going to be a safe, comfortable place. So the modern sensibilities they're talking about really is what I would call a point of privilege. To look at him (laughs) as, um, yes, uh, it is a a point of Western privilege to be able to look at those as modern sensibilities and not survival traits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So uh, at the very least, what you can say is that he is uh, not allowing his unique Western perspective uh, in 2022 to cloud how this movie was made, which I can appreciate.
1: Mm -hmm. I think like being in the age of infinite information and infinite entertainment, we think that we don't have anything to learn from... Ages that came before us—that's
0: a huge problem and in today's world. I think it's people, just
1: pure arrogance.
0: There's a lot of hubris in today's society. To you know, okay, boomer, uh, you know your <laughs> your your elders have nothing to teach you.
1: Maybe my elders have nothing to teach me, but when their think, elders have I think something that's to teach like-
2: them true to a certain extent i will say that i think occasionally certain cultures just become trendy over others i mean i remember people talk about in the 90s when like eastern philosophy yeah this that and the other became trendy and we look to ancient you know chinese medicine even now in holistic you know health blogs or whatever anyone could make reference to that i think that in some ways like old european cultures aren't explored because we are taught so heavily about you know in comparison more recent stuff like Colonialization or the Revolutionary War development of America And we feel like We kind of know what happened in Europe yep. And Europe is an incredibly con- Complex uh, Amalgamation of mul- many cultures That face yeah. a tremendous Amount of you know Geographic and sociological Struggle it's they're really fascinating And I'm excited that they you know I understand what he's saying like Norse mythology might have been sort of Linked to some uh, a Political ideology people don't believe in or support and so it's only after the fact only after the fact and i still think it's worth exploring like if you don't like it you shouldn't just reject it right you should yourself go into it and explore it and see what it's actually about instead Mm -hmm. of being like well you know those crazy people i hate got there first so I'm going to just ignore it. I mean, I think this too reminds me of, what's that show, Outlander? Yes. That talked about, like, Scotland. I mean, there are cultures in Europe that resemble Norse that we just don't really know that much about. Because, again, I mean, to be fair, there's a lot of histories and a lot of cultures in the world to study. And I don't know. I just think it's a positive thing to have ancient European cultures depicted in a way that's interesting, that's engaging. Like we've talked about a couple times, I fully believe that... uh, by like movies that tell you about financial crimes and things like this will be how most children learn about history. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it's a bad thing. And you know, in some ways I'm, I think I totally get what you're saying that he's leaving his, uh, the director's leaving his sense of modern culture at the door. On the other hand, like I think he, Shouldn't be afraid to just be excited about this project.
0: Uh, in modern Hollywood, you absolutely have to be afraid because you don't <laughs> want to get in trouble. Yeah, um, but I
2: don't care about modern Hollywood. I, I live by my own standards. It's,
0: I, I, it just
1: sucks that you have to present it with a caveat. Yeah, yeah time that's exactly what it is. it. This is the the you know Norse value system, and then also like traditional masculinity, and we're gonna put it in a box over here. Mm-hmm.
2: We had we to can use still it. profit. We off don't it. like yeah, it, profit but,
1: off of it, but also just like
2: ignore trash it yeah. at
1: every opportunity. Yeah.
0: I do believe that what you said earlier about the hubris of of like thinking that there's nothing more to learn from your elder. like I think a lot of that comes from Internet, uh, from the age of having your cell phone in your pocket where you're you're no longer allowed to just not know something. Mm -hmm. You're expected to know everything because you have a device in your pocket that can tell you everything. But
2: we're also the least curious we've ever been. Yeah. Yes. Let me ask you, like, if you guys are with your family or if you're out to dinner with friends or whatever, like if you're talking to people face to face and Mm -hmm. someone is like, you know, can snakes get arthritis? This is a real conversation I had yesterday. Yes, it was. <laughs> do you immediately pull out your phone and look it up because it's worth knowing the answer, or do you just kind of like try and barroom debate it? Because that's what people used to do. It just sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. was something Discussed. that sparked conversation,
1: and now you just want to get the answer immediately, and yeah. then
0: no conversation comes yeah. from it. So it's actually it's stunting your uh, your group dynamic. Yeah, it's like yeah. a
2: blessing. Like you know the answer, right? You can get information so quickly, and that's you know that's an incredible asset to culture but on the other hand like if you're really trying to build community and like discuss things with people having the information in a weird way and right it might benefit you more to just have the discussion yeah and just talk
0: I also think that there's a huge difference and one of my biggest issues is that there's a very large difference between knowing something and understanding it Mm. and uh, knowing the answer to a question is just trivia. Understanding it is wisdom. Uh, And most of what I feel like society has taught us nowadays is it's good to know the answer, not understand what the answer actually means for whatever the point of your discussion is. And that's a a huge gap in uh, where we're going as a society. So we will uh, we'll see what goes on with this. I still want to see this. I might wait for it. uh, Mary doesn't want to see throats getting ripped out. I'm just saying, um,
1: I'd rather watch the unbearable weight of massive talent compared to the Northmen, but I am not opposed to either one.
0: Yes, well, was, I'll see
2: the Northman with you. To be clear,
0: um, I, I think I saw that they have uh, they have um, unbearable weight of massive talent at one of the other theaters, so we may we may do that. So mm-hmm. we will see where this goes, but I, I'm hoping that the mo- that the director uh, is just. I think he just it comes feels out pressure. Out tomorrow, it looks like. Yeah, it's probably out, you can probably see early showings now. But like the, the as far as I'm concerned, he's like making his bones with the with the. Press junket, like making sure that he doesn't get uh, he's more
2: covering all his bases basis. Yeah. He should just have more courage. Like, right. like yeah, I did this cool story about Vikings who were real and I didn't make them up. And to what about a political ideology? I like the uh, idea that,
0: like, when the camera's not rolling, it's like, yeah, and they just ripped each other's throats out and it yeah. was awesome. And they're like, yeah, but don't put that in the interview. We can't have that <laughs> in the interview. I, I can't be seen supporting um, the brutal nature of our past.
2: it is a little bit sad that like masculinity is always like we've gotten so far and we're so afraid of traditional masculinity that now we're like, well, violence is traditional masculinity. And it's like kind of but not actually like men aren't just brutal creatures. They can be. But like,
1: right, it's not the brutality that was the point of the story, but really how they survived it together. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. that's interesting. And the sense of honor they had. But
2: we're so afraid of traditional masculinity that like we actually have lost sight of like what it really means also, We move further and further away from it every time we try to distance ourselves from it and not talk about it i'm
0: also not a fan of i believe it was i think the first person i saw put that word that that phrase out there was uh kamil nanjiani he's a uh, who actually ran one of my favorite podcasts of all time called the x-files files where he would break down different x-files he's an actor he's from uh um, Silicon Valley, the show Silicon Valley. He's in uh, a bunch of stuff, but he, uh, um, in an interview talked about tradition, you know, it used to be about toxic masculinity, but then it's slowly now they've pushed the goalpost again. Now it's traditional masculinity. What comes after that? Just masculinity at all.
2: I think toxic masculinity was always an attack on traditional ma- masculinity. Yep. That's my hot take for you,
0: but they're just, but they're just slowly moving the goalpost, you know, in their verbiage and in, in their language <laughs> to, to the next level. So, Okay, so did you see about Angelina Jolie is suing the FBI? She's suing the FBI. Um, you go, girl. Uh, you go, Yeah, you go, girl. Get it, <laughs> Queen. Uh, K-W-E-E-N. If anybody's wondering how I'm spelling <laughs> Queen there. Uh, so... Uh, Angelina Jolie is allegedly trying to hurt Brad Pitt with FBI suit and of course this is I'm going to go point of privilege again when you have enough money that you can use the Federal Bureau of Investigation in your uh, as a means of hurting your ex-husband because kids because lawsuit because was divorce it ever
1: clear to you when you were looking into this uh, why the FBI was involved in the first place because they, I I can't tell.
0: Just that there was an anonymous tip, but I never saw anything that that warranted, like you know, say, uh, I don't know, uh, Hannah Claire ends up getting married to Joe Schmo Thirty Two from the internet. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's and, so rude. And they have three kids. You know, Joe Schmo Thirty Two Junior, Joe Schmo Thirty Two uh, the Third, etc. Uh, and she wants to divorce. Jo- I'm, is this?
2: Oh, do I? <laughs> I'm just. Saying,
0: or he wants. Or, Okay, whoever.
2: Oh, wow. Wait, <laughs> leave me. Oh, interesting, Brett. I'm just
0: saying that uh, I don't think that the tradi- <laughs> you don't have high
2: hopes for me, do you? I have
0: very high hopes for you. Oh man. Uh, I don't believe that if if whoever it was, whether it's Hannah Claire or uh, whoever, I don't think the traditional idea for getting divorced is to call the FBI.
2: Well, so the FBI got called presumably because the fight happened in one of their homes in Europe.
0: No, it didn't. No, it's because it happened on an airplane. Uh, it happened traveling
2: it, overseas.
1: They were. Oh yes. Is that so, why? I
0: just love the idea but that what
1: if the plane was already in the sky
2: in America? Well, technically I think it's an American fighting. aircraft so and it's... so it's falls to the FBI, uh, the American jurisdiction but yeah. it doesn't fall to a state jurisdiction because they're in like unrestricted
0: in the air there it's an American air kind of like like uh... if they're in American
2: oh, airspace yes. okay. it's an it's an American
0: thing. Well, no, I think I think if you're on the plane it's an American uh it's an American vessel Have therefore... you seen
2: that movie? I can't remember what it's called, but it's based on a real thing where um, they rescued a bunch of people from uh one of the embassies in the Middle East and they had to, like, sneak them out. I cannot remember the name of the uh, movie. I, I know what you're you Do know what I'm talking about? I, yeah. And there's, like, a scene where, like, the plane goes up and it, like, dings and Not they're, like... Not 13
0: hours. Maybe. 30, I don't think it was 13 hours. I think it is. But, anyway, uh,
2: they, like, ding and they're, like, we've well, now reached you know this many feet above whatever and they all cheer because like at that point they cannot be arrested because they're out of the jurisdiction of that country mm-hmm. yeah. like in this case I think it's probably that they were over American airspace but also it's an American plane so the jurisdiction mm-hmm. falls to them
0: so it says she's unleashed a desperate fishing expedition suing the FBI under the name uh, under the name Jane Doe to find more about the investigation into an alleged incident an alleged jet incident involving Brad Pitt and why, the, and why its agents didn't charge the actor so i was like what charging for why is the fbi getting involved in
2: anonymous tip from apparently angelina jolie's camp as it turns out like are you are you showing your hand there where you're like i heard this thing happened and now I'm mad that it, nothing came of it.
0: So says the FBI opened an investigation into Pitt in 2016 over claims that during a family flight uh, home from Europe in 2016, he allegedly got into an altercation with their then 15-year-old son, Maddox. An anonymous call, an anonymous call, uh, was made for, to the authorities, which triggered the FBI investigation, which closed on November 22nd, uh, 2016, with no charges of wrongdoing filed uh, days later. Angel- oh, days later, Angelina Jolie filed for divorce. So... Uh, They're saying that she wanted to smear him by by having this hanging over his head while uh, while then getting filed for divorce. But what I want to know is, like, wouldn't you call CPS or your local authorities for an instant? Like, you don't go to the FBI for for, uh, domestic stuff. I stand by, like,
2: CPS is a regional agency, like, the Child Protective service of each state like mm-hmm. so if they were at their california home cps would have investigated right but it's because it's on an airplane that i think they're bringing the fbi into it so it's was a jurisdiction it jurisdiction question
0: so was it a very uh like do be like is that like her being very very nefarious like if i, I if we I land i can't think
1: she instigated something
0: no i'm just saying like if she got the idea in the air like if this happens it's like this is happening on a plane which means i can <laughs> bring the fbi in rather than
2: i i think it's not clear that she called the FBI. I think it's the way it's worded to me. It sounds she contacted authorities, meaning local police. She could have called CPS. And they said, we can't do anything because of this so then, red tape.
0: So then C- because, CPS anonymously called the FBI?
2: Yeah. Because they would be like, I can't proceed any further. And then they would go to the police and the police would mm. then kick it. To Is Is that FBI. normal? There's an FBI. I mean, like there are FBI bureaus all over the country. Well, I'm right? sure that
1: like instances of alleged abuse don't often happen. So why would there if there's, like, international...
2: Like, if there's a cross-state line kidnapping, the FBI is involved, Uh right? But why
0: is the... Why does the CPA... Why does your local jurisdiction have to call anonymously?
2: I'm not... It says that there was anonymous call. So I think there was an anonymous call to the authority, meaning local authorities, like so let's say they're in California, she called California police, okay. might have triggered CPS investigation, yeah. realized that they couldn't actually have jurisdiction because, mm-hmm. again, of where this took place, so they contact the FBI.
0: A woman identified again, as Jane Doe, strongly su- theory. Yes, strongly suspected to be Lee is suing the FBI uh, for, inform- for information regarding the ins- its investigation into an incident of alleged domestic violence on a private jet years ago that matches the description of the incident that led Lee to split from Pitt. Uh, The suit filed under the Freedom of Information Act is seeking information about the agency's investigation of an incident of domestic violence that occurred several years ago involving plaintiff uh, and her minor children as victims and witnesses. Can
2: I just double back here? They're saying it led Jolie to split from Pitt, but she didn't. Uh, she split months later. I mean, I feel like it sounds like their marriage was already disintegrating.
0: That's why I'm suspicious of her out. her timing and, and the decision to do it as like a a way of making him look bad. To, is there
2: has their divorce been finalized? It was it was going on for years.
0: I believe I, I saw another article earlier, like that. Obviously, wasn't something we'd cover. It's like Angelina Jolie is now suing him for selling uh, like a home they owned together without her permission or something like that. So. Uh, it says, uh, Doe explained that the FBI investigation, but, uh, explained that the FBI investigated, but publicly announced it was clo- closing the investigation of the incident without further action. Cause what are they supposed to do? Like, uh, like th- what do you do in that case? Mm-hmm. The kids would have to testify, I guess. Or, like... uh, Well, they
2: presumably interviewed the children. Yeah. And at the end, realized, like, nothing was going on. Right?
0: Doe adds that the suit she had... uh, She has public status and wants to remain anonymous, adding that the other party, the husband, also has public status. So... (laughs) <laughs> so that seems to me like that's her, but like I was thinking back to like when um, we talked about Justin Bieber suing the two random women who who accused him of uh, of sexual assault two because anonymous Twitter not uh, two anonymous Twitter accounts because there's no actual information on who they were, uh, and that's what happens when you live in an extremely litigious society, right? Like, right. well,
1: technically the FBI can find out who anybody is
2: anonymous on Twitter,
0: and they and they just don't care. In this yeah, case, uh, They don't care
2: enough. FBI. To be fair, I don't think the FBI ever weighed in on just Bieber's situation. They just no, checked yeah, into Brad yeah. Pitt. They could have alleged child to. abuse.
0: Well, actually, I don't know that would that, that actually would be outside their jurisdiction, I suppose, unless it happened, I guess, across state lines. With like, if he committed the crime in another jurisdiction, yeah, that wasn't cyber where he lived crimes or something.
2: I think cyber crimes get kicked up a little bit faster and higher because, again, typically they happen like it's more than likely, probability wise, that those Twitter accounts of the Justin Bieber case, like people who are operating them, aren't in the same state of him, which yeah. again moves it to the FBI. Mm-hmm um with i remember the brad pitt so like famously angelina jolie and brad pitt were not married for several years she had adopted i think maddox was her first kid and then he adopted him afterwards when they got together they had some kids biologically they had adopted some more children you know big blended family and what i remember is that they said they weren't gonna get married until um same-sex marriage was legalized and then they waited a little bit after that to get married <laughs> they're like the Whoa. most arbitrary condition <laughs> yeah. ever and you know because that would make everyone change their wait well we have to get brad and angelina well, married <laughs> i think my favorite
0: before is uh, if you look at this photo of them uh my favorite thing is like how like i think there's literally every facial expression that a human being can make is on each each one of these kids faces yeah, yeah. it's the coolest thing ever like they like the one on the uh the girl on the left looks kind of like mm. The one the, she looks really happy. This one's like, I'd rather be home playing video games. He's like, I don't know.
1: None of them like, look like they're totally glad to, to, be, to there.
0: be there. Yeah. And the, she, and to be fair, she looks she looks uh, I guess stone faced kind of. She's
2: always been sort of a reserved face person. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will say though that like I remember this period of time when it, it was like coming out that they were getting divorced, and even before then, like they had had conflicts because he wanted to spend more time with his family, who's from like louisiana or like the midwest or something like in america and she had this vision that their children would have like private tutors and they would like always be globe trotting the global
0: globalism the family yeah
2: like they they have houses in multiple company in countries so their children could be like speaking different languages and like homeschooled in all these places it sounded always and again like Hmm. it's tabloid reporting Brad and Angela don't call me and talk about this stuff, but like, be cool it if they sounds did. sounds like they have had conflict in the way they're raising their children for a long time. Yeah. So, you seems know, seems like something you need to talk about before you have children. No, <laughs> you would <laughs> but apparently not. You just you do think it. Think that, but as it turns out, you don't have to have <laughs> children to talk about these things. Maybe you should, but um they this idea that like she would want some sort of child abuse allegation to to be able to be named the sole um, custodial parent, right? Is not actually super far off the gossipy rumors that have that were around them for a long time. Says, Again, neither one corroborated this, as far as I know.
0: Says Angelina is likely looking for a morsel, a morsel of information, something else to use against Brad to hurt him. This is a desperate fishing expedition trying to find something that likely doesn't exist in FBI notes and make it public. The source added that both Jolie and Pitt were given information about the investigation when the FBI closed the case five and a half years ago. So it's like. Whenever these things happen, like, I can't imagine getting divorced, let alone getting divorced with, like, that many assets and family members and and all the stuff you have to extricate from one another just to make a a clean break of it.
2: And I think their marriage didn't, like, they were together longer out of wedlock than they were together in marriage. Like, marriage did not last very long for them. Like, to me, that's, like, such, like, sorry, the idea of divorce sounds horrible for a lot of reasons, but also having to be, like... Where are our taxes and our money? Now we have to talk to lawyers and divide it all up. That sounds horrible. Especially I, like when you already hate someone. You know what yeah. I mean? I
0: still think that's why Will and, and Jada don't get divorced. They're just like, we've got so much money. Yeah, and we've much got so many. This we've corporation
2: got... is too hard to divide up.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't want to split assets. I just Let's just sleep in different rooms. Yeah. F it. Like, I wouldn't want to.
2: Yeah. And I think, too, like, this, like, you know, obviously child abuse is extremely serious. And, like... It's great that Brad got cleared in a lot of ways, right? Because, like, the idea generally is that we all don't want any child to be abused. Of course not. Um, But it does, again, to me, seem more, like, about being in control of, like, how the children's lives are run. And when you've made a very complicated home life, you live in Italy sometimes and you live in Paris other times and you live over there and this other, like... You know, and then Brad's like, no, but I want them to see my parents in, again, I don't know where Brad Pitt is from. And then
0: she's like, sorry, that's not sophisticated enough. That's not
2: what I want. I want a global upbringing, you know, like it just seems like arrest people are crazy divorce anyway
0: i don't mean this to sound mean but it sounds like have you ever heard i don't know if either of you guys listen to like um have you ever listened to bill burr but you just mm-hmm. think about like how like men would never want to go to brunch it's just it's like a thing like it's like well, let's go pay 27 dollars for eggs mm-hmm. because you can't have a day off that's yes. like he's like that's like what it's like being like he's like it's the neuroticism of like a woman you always have to have something to do uh, I'm not saying that that's what's true. Well, I'm that, saying that that's. What, but I'm saying like a, like she had this perfect plan, uh, and then his desires uh, was you know less structured, but more family oriented around his family at home. It's like, look, they're your they're they're fa- they, they are our kids' family too, uh, yeah. and it was getting in the way of like a perfect um, idea she had in her head, perhaps, of what it would be like to raise their kids, yeah. and it caused friction.
2: I think it's like a. You know to mary's comment earlier like it's extremely important when you're getting serious with someone to be like you may not have a ton of experience with children you may not know exactly how many you want or whatever to do but to get a baseline expectation of like what your partner's family life was like and how they want their children's life to resemble or not resemble that is really important because yeah. like otherwise you have a kid and you're like oh but i never want to see your family for christmas and they're like what i wanted to live with my mom stuff like, you should
0: work out beforehand. Chaos. Stuff you should work out beforehand, for sure. Mary, do you have uh, uh, your family, like, how big is your family? Because, like, wh- when you came out here, you were with your... Um,
1: I was your, with my aunt and uncle. And, here.
0: Um, and your fa- is your family very close?
1: Um, extended family, not as much, but my immediate family, yes.
0: The, and that's, like, that's one of those things... That, people at like uh like how often do you like i get that i hear people ask that question to other people a lot like how often do you speak to your parents Mm -hmm. uh whether it's every day once a week once a month uh and it's different for every single person Mm -hmm. uh now imagine having to just for me like you know i love my family i love my dad i love my brother but i don't get to talk to them very much my brother's very very busy uh raising his kids um my dad is uh retired and doing his thing and i'm busy at work every day and i don't you know sometimes i do feel bad about not being able to make the time or maybe not having the motivation to make the time every day to have five minutes to talk to them but it's also like uh imagine now having to do that with six kids uh and, and all of that going on all while being in the public eye that just sounds awful to me well like, i wouldn't want to do that
2: i would love to see again i don't know if their divorce is finalized. Like. When you're getting divorced and you're sorting out custody, you normally there are like preliminary agreements about like, okay, so you're going to spend every other week at your dad's house or whatever else. Like, what is their custody agreement going to look like? Like, is she, you know, some places will say, like, you're not allowed to transport the kids out of state. Like, if if it gets really contentious, right, if they think that you're likely to not return with them. They should all take the Um, Elon
0: Musk route and just
2: just have lots of kids with other lots of random people. Yeah, that's what good.
0: Um, I really
2: like Elon Musk, and I love that he's super pro-family and, like, having kids, but, like, I don't think he's pro-family. I think he's just pro, like, spreading his seed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's hard to tell pro. he's pro up
1: in other people's lives. There
2: are, like, lots of stuff, like, reports of the fact that he would, like, try very intentionally to spend kids, like, he has the five sons. For yeah. his, from his first marriage and he like would fly them down to his factory to like, make sure he was getting time with them every week or he like opened a school because he's like really involved in their education like in the factory but like also now we've got grimes i totally believe that he fathered amber heard surrogate baby just out of conspiracy pro like, pro
0: legacy at not some pro point, family this
2: maybe has turned into something else yeah. how you old know? is that amber heard surrogate baby that one right was now. born in between 20 He was born in 2021 so it'd be in between the time he had x with grimes oh and the, they gosh. had their daughter which they also well, had via surrogate if it's his we'll see in like 10 years no soon i think he's gonna there's like a chance it comes out in his testimony in the amber Heard. Oh. No, isn't that crazy he
0: would be like are you kidding me this kid doesn't even have a one-letter name how could it be mine
2: we don't know that kid's name. It hasn't been revealed publicly.
0: If it comes out and the kid's name is W, then we'll we'll <laughs> we'll wonder. Maybe maybe that's or if it looks like a math problem. So it's called
2: revenge, like vengeance, <laughs> and that's like the between the two of them. That's like what they had in common.
0: If it comes out looking like a math, if the name comes out looking like a math problem, it's probably his. Uh, I don't know that
2: Amber Heard would allow that. I think that was just a Grimes thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, they will really. That. They talked a lot about like space, and they would be like, "This is our favorite air, like spacecraft or whatever." Like, <laughs> okay, so what was his favorite thing with? Amber Grimes, and it's, like, cutthroat, yeah. like, climb to the top. Like, that seems like what their baby's name might be.
0: Yep. Gossip. The kid's name will be Gossip. Oh,
2: my God. Their yep. kid's name will be, like, Headline Maker.
0: Washington Post.
2: No, let's yep. hope
0: not. <laughs> could be Washington Post. Okay. All right. Ellen Pompeo calls Catherine H- Heigl ahead of her time for calling out long hours at work. She was 100% right. Now, what I remembered about this was Catherine um, Heigl was uh, always deemed very hard to... To to work work with, Uh, that is a ongoing legacy of hers. I don't think that I think they use the term in this article. It says blackballed or blacklisted from the industry. She's worked very consistently.
2: No, she she got specifically kicked and killed off of Grace Maden. Yes, that show,
0: but not blacklisted from the industry. She she worked. uh, She had her own um, weird uh, Homeland slash Scandal ripoff called uh, State of Affairs. That I had a soft spot for all thirteen episodes, and then it was axed, made me very sad. Then she did. Suits Uh, after that she had a bunch Of episodes and then she's been I looked it up she was In a couple of other she's she's still acting In things um, on a regular basis So she's not blacklisted from the industry but uh, I I, I was tempted to be Like look at these people whining and I do think that there's a Room for nuance in this discussion uh, Because I I don't Disagree necessarily with the sentiment but I also think there's a reality of the industry They work in that a lot of them tend to ignore Um, They're
1: wording it In a certain way knowing that the public doesn't understand what their work days are like. They're yes. saying we had a 17 hour work day, yeah. but like not all of that involved working.
0: <laughs> it would the, the better argument would be for the non- Performers having the longer work day because they work the same hours and they're doing more manual labor mm-hmm. uh, and setting up, tearing down sets and stuff like that. So it says, Catherine uh, Heigel was labeled difficult and unprofessional after speaking out in 2009 about the extremely long production hours that the cast and crew had to endure on Grey's Anatomy. After six seasons and one candid interview, Catherine Heigel found herself effectively blacklisted from the industry for perhaps speaking a truth no one was ready to hear or acknowledge. That's what Ellen Pompeo was suggesting uh, uh, in, a, in her latest episode. Of the Tell Me with Ellen Pompeo podcast uh, with Grey's Anatomy co-star Kate Welsh or Walsh, sorry, Uh, Heigl uh, worked alongside Pompeo on the first six seasons of the ABC medical drama, which is on like season ninety-two now. It's not 90. It's like, it's in like, it's like very high up there. It's, it's still is going. Is it ever going to end? Uh, and she like, I, I love that, that some of the other, uh, cause I was like looking into the actress and it's like a bunch of them were like, it's like her saying like, will the show ever end? And like, uh, Ellen Pompeo advocates for the end of Grey's Anatomy. Like
2: there's no way that hospital is still open. I've never watched the show and I know there's been <laughs> at least four shootings there. Yes.
0: Like, <laughs> no more. You, you can't have that many doctors sleeping with each other in on call rooms without getting some type of health code violation. Well, but
2: also they- <laughs> He had like outbreaks of diseases and it's like <laughs> caught on fire and then there was a shooting and then there was like a bomb threat like that's what i loved about house it
0: was like it was basically the most interesting place in the world uh yeah the, the, so it says uh so but they, the,
2: they made that one work because gregory house was like a specialist in solving unsolved cases so like cases that couldn't Go anywhere else would end up at his yes. hospital because of that. Like that, that makes it more interesting. Whereas, like, I, as far as I know, for Grey's Anatomy, anatomy it's just like, like completely it's random. Any hospital, except yeah. all this crazy stuff happens all the time.
0: I do wonder where you go to the, to a hospital find a doctor who looks as handsome as uh, uh, as jo- Doctor Chase. I don't think that's a real thing. Marky Laurie, he's also uh, handsome. Uh, in a, yes. Uh, oh well, we were having a conversation about traditional beauty standards earlier. Uh, but,
2: right. <laughs> um,
0: uh, I, I'm I'm half kidding, but I I do always laugh at the doctors. I'm like our doctor. Is that good looking? I have no idea. Like it's none of the doctors I've ever gone to have looked like that. But if hey, you're a
2: doctor, if you could let us know if you're good, I think looking, attractiveness I really it.
1: is positively correlated with intelligence. Well, people which trust helps you get through medical people. school, no, I'm sure. And it's
2: trust too. People like yeah. trust good looking people. So like So only
0: hire good looking surgeons <laughs> if they're not gonna trust you if you're not uh- <laughs>
2: Um What I was gonna say is this article about work hours comes at an interesting time. I don't know if you follow this at all, but California passed um, officially legislated that they the um, 30 hour uh, work week 32 hour work 32 week. hour yeah. work week My so goodness. they basically cut eight hours off which is similar to legislation that passed last year in iceland and they had done this years-long study of <laughs> different sectors and different types Excuse of work me. you know hands-on stuff yeah. versus you know teachers and they uh basically in a combination of ways to reduce the the uh, work week to 32 hours, found overall people were much happier. They performed better in their jobs. So, this movement towards reduced hour work week is interesting and like in some ways this headline like i, I totally get the like i want to be like oh an actress complaining about mm-hmm. her like successful career but like it does come at a time when a lot of people especially as our culture we're, completely moved to work from home we are is, in well, the maybe work- that's compatible with ordinary
1: jobs but theirs is extraordinary and has to have a certain level yeah. of output and mm-hmm. i don't think they can keep that up if they were to reduce hours to 32 a week
2: I, well I, and like if think about like nurses that work 12 hour shifts right like if you work a 12 hour shift four days a week but then the next week you have more time off or like you work on a rotating schedule like yeah you wouldn't say that you're you would be like yeah i work crazy long hours but you also know that you're compensated in time off differently right i don't know that just... she's accurately evaluating like work day versus like she has the option to rest in between movies or whatever
0: show like this they work nine months on three months off mm-hmm. so they get a summer vacation uh, essentially uh, sort of like
2: teachers so yeah
0: so um, the idea uh, f- first of all we are in an age where work life balance is a, a very large discussion that people have on a regular basis uh, I will criticize her because uh, I think that the people at the highest echelon of this industry meaning that the the lead in, an, in a show where she's literally greys uh, you know she's literally that character mm-hmm. uh, she He's being compensated very well, and the you know we're in an age now where people talk about how they have to have two jobs to survive, three jobs to survive. They're working those amount of hours in a day for a fraction of what you're making, a fraction of a fraction of what they're making to uh, to do a job that, well, I can acknowledge is not the easiest job in the world. I think a lot of people think acting is easy; it is not. But um, saying that your are uh, you know the "woe is me" thing falls more would fall more to me on the. True than on the actors. Well,
1: it's not that anyone is assuming acting is easy, but we're saying it's easy for them to lose touch with what other people's lives are like.
0: Yep. So she says during the appearance, uh, during her appearance, the difficult uh, as they as she was pegged then, Heigel very candidly spoke about about working conditions. She told Letterman, "I'm going to keep saying this because I hope it embarrasses them." Per the New York Post, she went on to say she'd finished a seventeen-hour workday, which she called cruel and mean. Uh, you always have the option to quit. You do not have to take that job with those long hours. If you can find uh, a, sh- a set that can do this in less time, that is up to you or you can change profession.
1: She could have changed the wording so it didn't make her sound like such a victim. Like she could have just said it's
2: very arduous. Yes. It's- difficult to maintain. I just wish she'd give more details. Like during your 17-hour workday, right? If you're an actor, presumably you're filming, you spend a certain amount of time in hair and makeup, which sounds like... Not your job, but like it is. You have to get ready to be your character. Is she also including times that she spent for rehearsing her lines? Did she is she including like I don't they don't really do press junkets for TV shows, but like what is encompassing a 17 hour workday and how often do you have to work a 17 hour workday, right? Like I used to work for a nonprofit and we would have large scale events and during our conferences I would work I mean, easily a seventeen-hour workday, right? But like, I didn't do it all the time. It was just during these, you know, specific mm-hmm. things that needed more attention.
0: The star of the show is likely going to have like, like uh, Stephen Amel would talk about when he was starring in the show Arrow. That's eighteen-hour workdays, six days a week, which you have to be in fantastic shape, uh, especially when you do a job like that where it's not just walk and talk. He's doing a lot of physical activity, um, and they would show these transformations. Like everyone who was on the show. Uh, looked like kind of like bland and like generic and then they all got in just tremendous I mean he was already in tremendous shape but all of the actors just got in incredible shape because they had to to, to physically do the job that mm-hmm. they were doing
2: and so did they count like the time they spent at their during the gym in that 18 hour I'm guessing day? yeah
0: like that's that's part of your workday which
2: because... I like I don't begrudge them but like it is interesting to be like okay so your 17 hour workday you're also like mm-hmm doing these certain things where someone who works a 12 hour shift at a factory is probably on their feet consistently for 12 hours.
0: Uh, She was publicly labeled difficult and unprofessional per the Hollywood reporter in 2013, which uh, with it also being noted, it was problematic that she publicly aired grievances. Yeah, that would be the biggest problem. And now in Hollywood, all they do is publicly air grievances, but there are aspects you're not allowed to question. uh, One of which is like, look, if you're making 23 episodes a year, and it takes eight days to shoot an episode, roughly, uh, eight days of turnover, uh, and you have to go in like, you're going to work long, long hours, uh, and the crew is going to work those same long hours for substantially less money, Uh, I would be more uh, on board with them doing this on behalf of the crew than just you know, for the sake of the actors. And maybe that's just my, that's an argument, uh, uh, a nitpick on my part about framing that. I think it it seems a little bit detached from uh, when you're, when you make that much money. And like I said, it doesn't solve your problems, but there is such thing as like when you're compensated, well, it makes your job easier.
2: Would you think there's any weight to the counter argument of like crew while they're like, we recognize that they're often like the unappreciated unsung heroes of production. If a lead actress doesn't say hey these working conditions are too long there's no ability to have a trickle-down effect for the crew like i know she's not talking about it so it's sort of m- yes. moot in this um, point. but like yeah, the- do you think that there's any like weight to the idea that like a high paid actress who is dependent on the show if she's saying no not just me but like all of us are working yeah. too much don't like the schedule you know it gives the crew a uh like to stand on right? yes because especially I- I as a crew that. member you wouldn't want to complain because you know, I don't know. You're if imminently
0: more replaceable than exactly. than the lead of a show. No, you're, you're not wrong about that. So it says, Heigl defended herself in the op-ed in 2021 in the wake of the Me Too movement. Modern audiences had begun recontextualizing the experiences of women in Hollywood in light of exposed truths about the industry. Uh, I take offense with that because long work hours don't just affect women. Uh, uh, the, the rest of it is Classic fine. Classic
2: patriarchy telling uh, us what affects women. Uh, it is. Uh, well, I guess what they're saying is
1: that when women are labeled as difficult to work with, it's yeah. just stereotyping them as neurotic, uh, complaining. Yep. Um
0: and when a man does it, it's it's uh, just taking he's, up he's... too
1: much space. And
0: when a man does it, he's just eccentric and uh, and um, hard
2: to work with. Yeah, I think it. it's definitely there are definitely different consequences to complaining yeah. about this based on the gender. Okay. There's
1: something to it, but I just don't like when they point it out because they pointed out like this this quote. You like, can say
0: it because you'll only be able to capture it.
1: Of course, let's slam a woman and call her ungrateful. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, like so, that's
1: annoying.
0: Uh, I, I like I said, I, I do understand that you kind of need a top down approach to getting these types of things changed. I have this other article here from the Hollywood reporter about global unions calling to end long hours culture for film and TV workers. But to do that, you would have to drastically and completely overhaul the nature. Let's put it this way. These industries are too specialized and the need for content output too great that they simply cannot do that right now. That uh, they are, if they're going to make all the, like like, we've got Amazon, we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, we've got, all of these streaming services, we've got movies, we've got uh, shorts on, you know, uh, content creators on YouTube and Instagram and, and, and TikTok. There's a, a million ways you can consume entertainment now. So to me, it's like this will only get worse likely, not better, because there just won't be enough money to go around to hire all the extra people that, that you would need to, to give everyone a 12 hour workday. It's just not realistic, especially when you, if we're talking about the lead actor. You can't clone the lead actor. You have to. You have to use the lead actor. Well, it well, would make issue, things
2: like, take longer, too, no. right? You'd have to pay salaries for a longer amount of time. Yep. And I think that would probably throw off production schedules. Um, sorry, I cut you off. Do you wanna... No, no, it's okay. Um, I was just pointing out, like,
1: the leads are doing this at, at these long hours because they feel like it. They feel it's a passion of theirs. Uh not because they have to work. Yeah. The crew are working because they have to work. And also ordinary people who um, quite often are working from home these days are working because they have to work and work has invaded their home space. Yeah. Yeah so Some that's why like, we, it comes off as entitled yeah uh and it's easy to tell
0: in this article they talk about how the they fun 60 hour work 60 hour work weeks to be normal across the film and television industry leading to excessive hours insufficient rest and life-threatening levels of fatigue uh you and i, I have friends who i have friends who work in the industry who have been very passionately uh, campaigning to have uh um like hours you know like so they don't have to work 18 hours so 12 hours on um eight you know I think and, wait yeah.
2: how is this life threatening though
0: i don't That's know uh, little, like
2: if you go too strange. long without sleep deprivation your body starts to shut down yeah like you know i think i do believe that sleep has an impact on the body like no it absolutely does to, yeah to me what's interesting about all of this is that it's sort of a function of like Hustle culture. I was going to bring that up. Like yeah. if I just work a little bit harder if I pour like even if you are like if you're a working actress, you haven't made it to Catherine he- Heigl's level. You're lower down on the totem pole. If you work several 20 hour days and this movie takes off, it could change your life, yep. right? If you're... Um, a cinematographer because within hollywood we have to recognize that probably we only know the actors and directors right but there are probably people within the industry that they know oh that guy's really talented that costumer is excellent you know yeah and i if a cinematographer if you just, um, right if you just hustle a little bit more i know this of like my friends who work in finance like they'll work crazy hours and especially during certain seasons you know because they're like but if I put in the effort now, I'll get that promotion later. And I think there is something admirable about that. Admirable about that. But like as um, a West, like just to generalize Western culture, we do often put work ahead of everything else to the expense of our yeah. family lives and our spiritual lives and things like that. And like we are in a weird position where we desperately need to because we're in a time of economic uncertainty. And at the same time, like... People are generally not satisfied by that, so I, I can't fault people for wanting to reduce the hours. But you know, they also have to reflect that they are feeding into it every time they agree to work. You know, there's, because of that hope that this project is going to take off.
0: There's an interesting kind of uh, comparison here, where like the, in this industry. Um, maybe it's like seen as like unbecome because you know like the actors don't want to act like they do it for the money they want to act like they do it for the love and for the art and for the passion of of what they're doing Mm -hmm. but then there's also financial means tied to that so there's like a weird comparison where you can't really say it's about doing it for the money because that would be untoward but it's absolutely in most not in most cases but in many cases going to be about there's actors who come out later and say I only did this movie for the money Uh, but you know that's not cool to say
2: like it is Um, weird that we fault them you
0: should and fault them for that. That's like like actually one one example recently is they, they talk about how Nicolas Cage took all these like B-list, B list B tier movies <laughs> no. to pay because he had to pay off his divorce or whatever uh, and everything and, and this time it was kind of looked as like oh good for him paying off his uh- well
1: I guess people take issue with it because their output is supposed to be art. Yes. And other
2: people's output is just productivity.
0: Yes. But it's not... But is
2: that like, can you not produce art productively?
0: And it's where art meets commerce because it's art, but it's still something you're selling to Right, they have to
1: intersect, but um, I guess people feel that like your personal passion should be in that output. Yeah. Not just the motivation of the money.
2: I get that, but I also think that like, it's a little bit unrealistic and we romanticize the idea of the starving artist in a way that's like, not fair i don't think that like you know it's what leads people to take internships that pay no money and they're like oh well this is what i'm doing for my craft for my career and it's like no like you need to think more critically about the decisions you're making Yep. Uh, i don't fault artists i mean like hopefully they wouldn't do projects they didn't feel like they couldn't do justice for on the other hand like i do think that like You know, the same way a talented graphic designer might be like, yeah, I really loved this one campaign I worked on, but that one I just did because the client was going to pay me well. Like, I wouldn't fault them for that. And I think they have creativity Mm -hmm. and the artistry. Yep. Yeah, fair point.
0: So... We will, uh, I, I think this is an interesting discussion because it it's really is pull the back, you know, pull out the kind of the curtain of Hollywood and see how all that stuff works. But uh, I'll keep a closer eye on for articles like this because the, the article that I had found from the, the Hollywood Reporter about work hours and fatigue and stuff like that was linked back to something like, I remembered a friend of mine posted, if not that article, something very similar about the unions and the work hours and the behind the scenes. The very, it's a very blue collar world behind the scenes yeah. uh, in that industry. So we'll see where that goes.
2: I was listening to an interview with um, a husband and wife screenwriting team and they were talking about how like they had met when they were fairly young new in the industry and like it's the kind of field where like you may work and get on a project that is like Grey's Anatomy and just never ends right like they were talking about it from the perspective of like getting to be a writer on like a soap opera is actually like a really good gig oh yeah because like they never end there's always characters but you know, it's exciting to work on the big movies, but that only lasts for so long. Yep. Um, and I think it's very different from, you know, other, a lot of the rest of the world, but it does resemble like seasonal workers in other industries, right? Yep. Uh,
0: if I had been honest with myself when I went to school uh, for film, I would have been honest with myself and said like, I don't really want to work freelance because I don't want to have to constantly be looking for work. It's a pain. Mm-hmm. So uh, you kind of have to find a way to, uh, if you can't get a, a recurring gig, that's like like a soap opera where you're working mm-hmm. All year round, and you're going to continuously get that work. You have to decide whether that's really the industry mm-hmm. for you to work in.
1: Well, for actors, it also depends on if you want to be known for your name or what you've been in. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Exactly. Okay. Podluck. Podluck. Black. Ch- Black. China claims she was just joking when she put a gun to Rob Kardashian's head. That is not yes, a, a misquote. Yes, girl
1: boss. Uh, yes, um, uh, we J- know comedy runs in the family. J.K.
0: She said, uh, as <laughs> uh, while well, holding it. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, her her mom was uh, not apparently not the only one with a sense of humor in the family. Uh, very clearly, Black China has has a sense of humor as well. So it says, uh, Black China claims she was just joking when she put a gun to Rob Kardashian's head and wrapped an iPhone cord around his neck. So I don't know if this is for uh, if she's uh, works in in acting as well, but we'd call this foreshadowing. <laughs>
2: Sorry, I just have to say the next line of this starts with the model was asked about the abuse allegation. She's a model. Is that why should we know about her? I don't know. What or is this like is. when we use her model to mean OnlyFans?
0: Person? Uh, Instagram model. Oh, yeah, model.
2: Okay. that's not really... really. Like, I had no. I thought she maybe was like sort of a rapper.
0: <laughs> Um, the model was asked about the abuse allegations originally made by her ex-fiance in 2020, in April of 2020, during her court appearance in Los Angeles on Wednesday for her ongoing case against the Kardashian-Jenner family. The incident allegedly took place in late 2016 uh, at Kylie Jenner's home in Hidden Hills, California. China, 33, alleged that Rob, 35, was FaceTiming two of his friends when she took the gun off the dresser in the bedroom and jokedly put it to his head saying, if you ever leave me, dot, dot, dot um you know uh,
1: when was the iphone cord brought into I, the situation so it what says the iPhone cord?
0: china claimed that the threat wasn't serious and that rob appeared to find her actions amusing uh i want to know what length the iphone cord was uh was it because te- i've been buying 10 i, I buy <laughs> 10 foot cables now for my phone cords uh, uh you know so i can reach across the room but but did
1: for, she to go like this and like I, lasso I it that. <laughs>
0: yeah it would be cool that would be very cool it was yeah, and was it a stock cord or was it uh or was it an aftermarket this is why a lot of times like when we're joking around here off air and i say something i always wonder i'm like what would it be like if i had to say this at a deposition someday
2: (laughs) always read it back
0: always think uh, i was thinking about uh johnny depp and his very very untoward conversation with paul bettany about what he would have done to amber heard after doing other things to Amber Heard, uh, very bad things that you don't want to have to repeat later in a different setting. Uh, so something I, about a live your burnt life
2: corpse. Yeah, live your life like you're always about to be deposed. That's it, the advice from dude. Brett. That that I a, don't think less
0: it's like fun. the worst. That is a t
2: shirt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that, that is a t shirt right there. Would
2: you want to say this in a deposition?
0: Yes. Uh, I, those are those words could save your life. Talk to
2: me
1: like I'm recording everything you say.
0: Exactly. Uh, China claimed that the threat wasn't serious and that Rob appeared to find her actions amusing. It was not loaded. She, I also like this part. She justifies it. Like, it wasn't loaded. <laughs> like, come How on. We you know
1: that. Yeah.
0: Like, did she show him? Did she, like, remove the, the magazine and, like, show him a clear chamber before she did it? I'm guessing not.
1: Um, Here's but- the thing: even if it's a joke, that's a really weird joke. Yeah,
2: me. it's just, it's a and gift. also just out of nowhere, who knows he's he was laughing
1: because he found it funny, uh, not because he was
2: actually scared yeah well like, and i feel like what is he supposed to do be like get away from me and possibly like freak this person out more who has mm-hmm. irrationally picked up a gun yeah what
1: if he like
0: flinched and like she get like i i want to my, my question is did she have good trigger discipline what's her hand what's like, her finger inside the trigger guard would
2: never even do that yeah like that's the sign that's yeah. enough the fact that she was like i did it as a joke like oh you are not trying the fact it that it was fine. just
1: like sitting there and she just nope. casually Gra- like grabbed it and did that.
0: I like the idea that she's actually re- like <laughs> really big into it, and like he's the one being bad with the guns, and she's got like really good trigger discipline. <laughs> cleared the chamber, emptied it, cleans it for him, uh, uh, and, and and then no, no. I stand
2: by. I think Mary's comment is perfect. Like anyone who actually has I know. gun
0: discipline would never do <laughs> would this. Never do this. It's a, it's well, it's what we talked about uh, after the the rush shooting. It's like these are the people that tell you that you're not allowed to own guns, who are the ones who very clearly have no respect for just how dangerous. They actually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they're always ready to tell you that you can't have a gun while behaving recklessly with guns. Uh, it was not loaded, she testified. I would never shoot Rob or anyone at that. I like that she clarified, or anyone. Uh, not just him. I wouldn't shoot anyone. It, it was, was just, just joking like, like, ha ha. <laughs> it wasn't like a joke like, ha ha ha. It was a joke like, ha ha ha. just yeah. uh, so says, uh uh, as for the iPhone cord, China claimed that she jokingly wrapped it around Kardashian's neck to get his attention while he was playing video games, not to strangle him. Again, live your life as if you're always about to just be deposed. Uh, China's lawyers also showed a video clip in court of the night of the, alleged, uh, of the alleged fight between the former couple who split in 2017. The retired video vixen claim- oh man, they called her a video vixen, so rap uh, rap video um, She's a model. Star. She's a model. Uh-huh. Uh, the retired video vixen claimed that they were celebrating the pickup of their new, now defunct e-reality series, Rob and China, in December of 2016, when Rob sustained alleged injuries. While footage showed Rob in a torn shirt, China claimed they were being playful, and they in the star and the reality star never indicated she was hurting him. Kim and Khloe Kardashian, uh, Kylie Jenner, and Kris Jenner were all inside the courtroom and appeared very stoic during China's testimony. Of course, she was. She's not going to show in any emotions. Kim Kardashian knows that the best face she can make is a neutral face.
2: Yeah, and also like she's the best. At. What are they supposed to do? Exactly, right? like freak out, start screaming, disrupt the process. Yes,
0: you did mean to choke him with that iPhone cord. Uh the reality TV uh, TV family previously rebutted China's claims uh, that they used their influence to cancel. Her. So we talked about that the other day. They're claiming that she, uh, that the Kardashians, influenced the network to have their show canceled. I don't think Kim Kardashian views any other reality TV show as like a, a threat to her, to be honest. No. But
2: yeah, I think also no one wants to watch Rob Kardashian and Black China the model. Like no, they might that's, have realized that that that's just really wouldn't all there go well. Is to that like you know? it just wasn't probably a great show.
0: I I would like to understand, like, maybe now they do, like, like she does, like, a YouTube series where she goes to, like, uh, a gun range and gets, like, gun safety courses. (laughs) She should just take, she should just lean into it. And, like, she should start selling aftermarket iPhone cables for a company.
2: I think this goes on to one of my, like, current uh, hobby horses, which is, like, the obvious... Bias that goes into how we talk about domestic violence when, it's per- when women do it versus men and how like ultimately I feel like that makes us less aware of like red flags and dangers in relationships like this girl as a joke pulled a gun on the father of her child I think her fiance at the time like that's crazy if, I- if you had heard it in reverse Rob Kardashian pulls a gun on Black China, and then he's like, "It's joking." We would be like, "No, that's obviously terrible." Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and the headlines would be everywhere. It would
2: be everywhere. Like, I just don't understand why we tolerate this at all. I also know that recently, Black China was um, she posted on like her Instagram, like, you know, I had to sell one of my cars because I just don't get enough child support. And <laughs> Tyga, the one who was dating Rob's yeah. younger sister, who has her has a son with Black China, and then. Rob Kardashian, who has their daughter, they were both like, we have primary custody. Our kids are with us five to six days of the week. We pay for all of their medical expenses and their $50,000 schools. Like. I don't really understand why you're saying that you don't get enough child support when you only have your kids twice a week. And even if if that's the case, why are you telling social media about it? Also, let's note that it's extremely unusual in the American judicial system for a woman to not get very unusual 50% custody of their children. Like, the fact that she has both of her children a minimal on time, like, let's not trust Black China to do things. It's just all I'm saying.
0: I'm with you. All right, uh, we have this very special article. Uh, do you want to read this one, Mary? Sure. Uh, so it's uh, I'll, so it says new Hulu miniseries "The Girl from Plainville" adds to growing list of female true crime villains.
2: Mary's back at it again so, with her original content on Tim Cast. You should check it out on the show tab. Yeah, double homicide.
0: <laughs> Please read.
1: Hulu just released a new miniseries, "The Girl from Plainville," that raises questions about how storytellers should depict real life events while maintaining nuance and objectivity. The show tells the story of Michelle Carter, a Massachusetts teen who was convicted of involuntary manslaughter in 2017. Her then-boyfriend, Conrad Roy III, committed suicide after getting phone calls and text messages from Carter, encouraging him to do it. So, basically, this is a biopic, uh, true crime. There's
0: no such thing as a biopic, it's a biopic.
1: Oh, true, true, yeah. Yeah, it's a true crime drama biopic about Michelle Carter and uh they incidentally skipped uh portraying the actual events of of the suicide. Yeah. I think that might be a good choice. They just skipped uh right from their relationship to forward to when this went to court. And uh basically this is just like the newest addition to uh True Crime Villains uh, When Girl Boss like, Goes Wrong. Yeah, like Girl Boss Gone Wrong, psychological <laughs> manipulation tactics being used by women in real life events rather than one-dimensional female heroines who can do no wrong and are like making up for the blunders of stupid men around them We call
0: those mary sues here
1: mary sues yes yes. mary sues (laughs) uh true crime stories centered around female perpetrators are proving to be the most compelling stories trailblazing in entertainment as they aim to capture the power of unbridled psychological manipulation Although there has been a push for more media depictions of strong heroines rather than female villains, it seems that women's capacity for cerebral monstrousness is an untapped source of fascination. So there have been a couple of other examples of this. Uh, recently, the Netflix series Inventing Anna about Anna Sorokin, who was a con artist. And then also the The dropout on Hulu about Elizabeth Holmes, yep. uh, the fraudulent Theranos founder
0: the the Steve Jobs, uh, she's a Steve Jobs uh, impersonator on the weekends. Yeah,
1: that, um, that turtleneck.
0: The turtleneck, which very... in, the, in, the vo- in the deeper voice, in the deeper voice, then was her it's, actual. It's voice. very
1: endearing, actually, um, to me.
0: So, girl, bo- it's girl boss, gone, girl boss gone bad. Um, that's what. Yeah, you see. I, I do find it to be a fascinating uh, culture for me, just because it's one of those things where. Uh, we're in, we're in the throes now of, uh, of equality in the workplace, right. Or, or we're supposed to be. And we are now seeing the, the fruits of, of society's labor of, of, pushing towards equal rights, uh, equal opportunities for everyone. Um, and of course, some of those go very right and some of those go, go very wrong. You could attribute some, I mean, not this case in, particularly, in particular, but the, the Elizabeth Holmes one and the, what's the other one's name? Her the other Anna Delvey. One. Yeah, you could contribute those. Like some might say that that's a, a problem of a, uh, not necessarily hustle culture, but, you know, the desire for a success in America uh, and how uh, a woman might approach that um, and have it go bad oh, as yeah, opposed especially...
1: to how... Like Elizabeth Holmes, I think she was motivated by this need for validation and power and success, Uh, whereas Anna Delvey seemed to be more motivated by just pure greed or just testing the boundaries of... you know how she could manipulate others
0: and whereas men are more like the stories about men doing that can be fascinating up to a certain point when you get to the level of a Steve Jobs or a Jeff Bezos somebody who's really accomplished that I think it's it's more traditionally uh seen to go to show stories of men who do bad things in a physical sense whereas since women you know we have for every Eileen Warnos, there's not going to be a lot there's not going to be a lot of stories like that right so the majority you're going to get her about how they uh the ones that go bad do so in a psychological means. I think it's one of the reasons that social media is so dangerous now uh, because it's ripe for uh, psychological manipulation between people. Um, and uh, I th- I th-
2: would argue that this case, I think the girl-bass culture and the examination of like female financial criminals is interesting. For this case in particular, I definitely feel like it's driven more by... Um, a desire for attention. I mean, one of the things. Her? That came, yeah. Her? One of the things that came out about this case afterwards was um, that Michelle Carter had, I don't remember how long she had been with her boyfriend, but maybe a year or two. Yep. Seemed like a normal high school couple. But they didn't they had, see each
0: other in person very much. They didn't they, see each other they... in
2: person very much. They communicated online a lot. And after he died, she posted very publicly about how she was grieving and mourning and she reached out to his family like this definitely seems and i don't know that she ever fully addressed it you know in real life but it seemed to really have to do with her own desire to be the grieving girlfriend to have suffered this tragedy so to be
0: seen as the grieving girl yeah okay and
2: you know that is more closely resembled to like it's obviously not the same thing but like munchausen's or munchausen by proxy uh, when a mom poisons their child so that they present with symptoms so they can rush into the emergency room so then everyone in their neighborhood bakes them a casserole and says how can i help you you know what i mean it's a it's i think generally it's interesting to examine crimes committed by women because women you know there's this book called the female brain that just talks more about like hormones and the structure of the brain and one of the things the author who's a neurobiologist says is that for a long time into like you know the early 1900s maybe the 1960s when you would study women brain the brain they would throw out all the female candidates and tests because they had always kind of assumed women were biologically small men like there wasn't a difference Mm -hmm. and actually women are wired very differently they run on different hormones women commit crimes differently most women who commit murder actually poison their victims yes very different than men um so in some ways Yes, there is this like girl boss attitudes that's showing us some of these what I would call con women the way Anna Delvia is and the way uh, Elizabeth Holmes is. But in this case, I actually think this is like someone who is completely corrupted by our uh, societal obsession for online validation.
0: Uh, in okay. my opinion. I do need I do need uh, to get your take on it. Do you find did you find that her punishment was uh, uh, was apt? Do you think she got the, she got what she deserved? She got out of
2: prison in January of
0: 2020, by
2: the way. uh, And she only, I mean, she got convicted of involuntary manslaughter and I always thought that was like a little bit, you know, the fact that it's considered involuntary is slightly strange to me. You know, I honestly felt like we will see more crimes like this come up and... Really, the only thing that we have as a legal precedent to compare it to is when people are, like, cyberbullied online mm-hmm. and they kill themselves and how those people are prosecuted. This one feels so much more, you know, just, like, terrible to me because, like, if you don't know the story, her boyfriend was, like, in his car and texting her and saying, like, I'm, I'm going to do this. He had got come. They, Carbon monoxide. They, they had been talking gonna... about. He had, He had been talking about suicide and his depression with her off and on for a long and time and she had
0: tried and said she, not to in the past she
2: had said not to in the past and in this case like there was a moment he got out of his car and she was like you have to get back in you said you were gonna that do was what changed I mean, my opinion it's about it crazy that she knew where he was and she was like No, this is a good idea you should definitely kill yourself I'm not going to contact your parents I'm not going to contact the police I want this to happen Mm -hmm. I mean that's a level of cruelty and insensitivity that I was surprised that she got such a short sentence and that they pursued involuntary manslaughter it did go to trial it's not a plea deal so to me it has always felt a little bit off yeah I understand that she's young and I understand that like we treat she was 17 when it
0: happened Um, to
2: me not that young and like again there is it's so obvious what she did wrong here that, like, the cruelty. Do you think of- that there was more sympathy
1: given to her because she was young and conventionally attractive? Because, um, no, There's some people were again. saying she, yeah, like, I don't know, blonde, whatever young, you want to say, yeah. blonde, young, um, because, like, Chloe Savini was saying she had an immediate bias against her because of those things.
2: I haven't really seen that reported that widely, honestly, to me it's more likely in my opinion that this is just such a strange case like we are as a nation are very uncomfortable talking about suicide and depression generally so to confront like why someone would push someone else to do that especially teenagers in a relationship i think it's more that it's people like she didn't pull the trigger, right? Or, like, she didn't start the car in this case, right? Like, she did not actually physically attack him or in any way cause his death, but actually we all believe that, like, and again, because he got out of the car, she played an intricate role, an intimate role in what happened to him, and it's likely that without her influence there was a fair shot to say that this wouldn't happen. I think we just don't know how to prosecute cases like this.
0: Isn't it still a thing where if you do not, if you see a crime being committed and you don't report it, it, you can be like, wasn't that the basis of the Seinfeld finale? Where they get arrested because a crime is being committed and they don't know and they, and they don't do anything. They just keep going. <laughs> they, just, they just ignore it. Uh, isn't that, still, is there still legal precedent for that? That if you do not report a crime as it's being committed.
2: In some cases, it kind of it, depends. So so
0: for some of the thing about, like, to me, I was like, uh, it was, it was her telling him to get back in the car mm-hmm. that shocked me. Um, because he was clearly showing signs that, you know, uh, we talked about, you know, is he manipulating her by, uh, you know, by constantly talking about something like this? There's an, emo- there's a level of emotional, I don't know if you'd call it blackmail, but of emotional, uh, baggage that he's consistently putting on her that makes her feel trapped but that still i don't believe that this was the right decision to tell him to get back in the car and then not inform anybody else that this was going on yeah um but i do think it's a fascinating indictment on where we're going as a society that we can uh uh look more at these types of people um you know not just uh, portray all villains as men uh and show the uh, in real life the women that this happens with cuz traditionally the female villains in TV shows tend to be very um uh it's It's like a male, but a female. Like they, they, they...
1: or it was a man who did something yes. to them that made them jaded and evil.
0: That's like, a fairly recent trend that that's going on, where like the woman's bad, but she's bad because a guy, you know, made her bad. So yeah. that way, it disperses the the guilt. Look, I uh, think
2: our like cultural fascination with true crime and examining these things has to do with a lot with the like deep desire subconsciously to find ways to avoid them within ourselves like con women's stories and like how did they manage to convince like how did anna delvey sorkin convince like banks to give her huge loans like how did they pull that off and there is a maybe a glorification of them in some ways i remember when the ted bundy movie came out like people were like you have to stop talking about how attractive he is. And it's like, but well, that was really what happened. Yep. Like with con people, when fraud stories we're always sort of afraid that we are going to be duped. And in this this case, uh, the girl from Plainville, I think there is a fear of, you know, I could see a parent watching this and being like, how do I protect my kid who I want to have thought, who, you know, who's going to date and who's going to have healthy relationships? How do I protect them from someone who at some level is deeply unhinged? Like, can you imagine being her parents and are, who are like, you texted him what? You said like to think that your kid is like in her bedroom encouraging someone to kill themselves like that's crazy and i think we have this desire to try and identify patterns of behavior that may protect us from people mm-hmm. like this and it's just it's a very hard case to wrap your mind around in some ways Absolutely. Yeah. Well uh, i'm really glad that there are
1: stories like this getting made and you know having so much popularity right now and i'm definitely going to watch it i think it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, i'm definitely want to watch it too.
0: Okay, we got one more thing to talk about, and that's the Tony Awards. <laughs> Tony Awards introduced new no-violence policy ahead of 2022 show. So my first question is, was there not a no-violence policy beforehand? Uh, and also, um, given the general, uh, you know, the average age of a Tony Award um, recipient, g- recipient um, are, w- would we be more worried about, like... Um, accidental injury uh because i'm guessing most you know it's mostly people aarp aged and we're above we're really
1: worried that like gay men in their 70s are gonna start battling it out that could happen but what we have to assume actually that is the that tony the tony, tony awards go up, so. the tony awards had a violence policy before they enacted this policy i, I like the
0: idea of two dudes uh, uh, uh like two people on the stage like fighting over like a joke that somebody makes <laughs> that the Tony, like you know uh I wasn't a fan of the second act of you in this in this play, and uh, or like your your musical number here was. Stupid. Are they going to have
2: a dance battle? <laughs> yeah, that would it's, be cool. It's <laughs> sort of more like um, what's that movie with the sharks and they like snap a lot? They jump back, they get mad.
0: I have no idea. Wait,
2: what? Yeah, you know, this is a musical reference that oh, I'm botch- I, That Ansel. I, I know a- nothing about musicals. In. West Side so, Story. Yeah, in West Side Story, oh, yeah. they have like choreographed dance scenes. Like maybe mm-hmm. you can have violence as long as it's only like.
0: Dance, dance violence. violence. Yes. There was a dance-off in Sonic 2. There was absolutely a dance a dance battle in Sonic 2. <laughs> yeah. That Sonic yeah. 1. Uh, so, well, so, if
1: Will Smith and Chris Rock were more mature, then that's how they would have settled yeah. their differences. What if
0: they just b-boyed? Like, just had a, a break <laughs> dance battle. That's what they should have done.
2: <laughs> I wish that Chris Rock and Will Smith had dueled, actually. I wish that they had been like, I'll see you outside afterwards, and the, for the rest of the show, we all get to be like they joust. Are They about to just shoot each other, and then like they'll like announce an award for a show, and then like you see Will Smith being like, "Hey, hey, Tom Hanks, can you be my second for my duel?" <laughs> like yeah. I just don't understand why we didn't do this properly.
0: Jousting, really I think, with horses at the
2: very least, Chris Rock should have fought back. Yes, not just took it <laughs> uh,
0: in the in the FAQ. Then you would be
2: encouraging he- violence, which good non-toxic men don't do
0: <laughs> it says uh, the tony awards have a strict no violence policy the letter reads in the event of an incident the perpetrator will be removed from the event immediately the show's new protocol uh, was included among several other standard policies addressing a range of ceremony and gala related topics including dress code seating and vaccination requirements for the new york event what the hell is the dress code at these things there's no dress code I like butt-tie. Uh, yeah, for the guys, the women can wear you can wear meat,
2: but you can like, wear meat
0: suits if you want.
2: <laughs> well, when you say black tie, like traditionally, that does have implications for women too. You wear a floor length gown and like things like that.
0: Okay, well, I-, I want to see a dance battle or a or for the women can have like a a runway runoff where they be whoever has the best like uh, model strut down a catwalk. Uh, if they're going to settle these their aren't differences.
2: aren't uh, Well, are part of, they're
0: talking about it here. Okay, then they, then they have to either dance off or sing. Uh, they have to rap battle. Rap battle. For all of them, so. Funny. so <laughs>
2: Do you think anyone ever has like a loose no violence policy? <laughs> <laughs> like we
1: have like, a, an average a few to exceptions.
2: Ble- <laughs> we have a like a flexible no violence like, policy. We really would prefer if you didn't, but we understand occasionally you've really got to defend your lady. Well, in the case <laughs>
0: of your mama jokes, violence is encouraged. Is what they will say. Uh, <laughs> Look,
2: if you played a military person on stage you can attack someone as part of your acceptance speech but otherwise we don't want to see it
0: exactly box or or a boxer if you were if you were a boxer in a movie maybe they'll let you uh but you have to wear the gloves so it's just crazy. We, we will see. I, I don't know if anybody was really expecting any violence at the Tony Awards. I personally wasn't, but you know, they I just have be to wrong. show that
2: they are reacting to it. I, Bad I, Will Smith.
0: It's it's all he's, he's causing all sorts of policy changes. No, right now. he is.
2: It's going to be this thing that we talk about forever and ever. And ever, I and also I'm did mad this about it. I don't <laughs> want to talk about Will Smith anymore. It's, Hella boring, yeah.
0: I, I admit that I, I just, I, I I had fun picking this one just because I knew you'd hate it a, a little bit, a <laughs> oh, little bit. The
2: well, worst. Also, I, I like the... I idea- like the Tony Awards with violence. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. That is what I look forward to all year long. T-
0: Tony violence. The thing
2: is, if the Tony Awards, I'm going to adapt a quote, uh, a tweet that was popular for a while here. If the Tony Awards had not announced their no violence policy, none of us would have known it was going on. No. Nope. Like, oh, all award shows are sort of irrelevant today, in my opinion.
0: This is true, which is why I will st- keep giving you That's topics about That's my favorite them.
2: soapbox to stand on. And one time, Brett used to agree with me, but now he just cruelly baits me with this. I mean, hey. I still
0: agree, but I got a job to do here. And part of that job is uh, having great stuff to talk about. and uh, Making people mad. And your strong opinion is my is is to my benefit.
2: I try not to have, like, a ton of strong opinions, especially <laughs> on stuff I don't know a lot about. But this has really become something I feel I know. deep within my soul that I am tired of a word shows unless they can reinvent themselves or someone I respect puts them on like I don't care
0: maybe first and maybe they do have the award show or they pick first and second place but then those two have to battle for the award
2: I just feel like I'm going to start campaigning for, like, the accounting, you know, national awards to start televising their award show. And I'll loyally watch that because Hollywood award shows are just so useless to me. At least accountants, like, deal with your taxes.
0: That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Okay.
2: Harry's looking at me like, why would you do that? I was just thinking, is that a real thing? And I, I didn't know. There, there are <laughs> national organizations for accountant, like, industry awards. And oh. um, you they do get awards. Like, Who's you know, keeping track? I assume whoever Goodness. their award okay. system is, you know?
0: All right, Hannah Claire. I'm sorry for that last topic. Thank you for coming today.
2: <laughs> You're bullying me. I, I, I'm gonna report you to Will Smith. <laughs> no,
0: don't do, don't, uh, don't do that. Uh, do not, do not report me to Will Smith. I can't. Uh... I, I can't I take the slap? I can't take the slap. He's already
2: Stop. on the way. <laughs> 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 he said his name three times. He's going to appear any moment. <laughs> well, I, we
0: didn't say it in a mirror. So it'd be fun. They're put, ring, put you,
2: bring, you need to flash uh, the lights on, on, on and off.
0: Yes, we'll yeah. do that. All right. So thank you so much. Uh, Guys,
2: thank you for having me. Bless us always. Congrats on your second piece on TimCast.com. Thanks. I love having Mary Wright with us. It's been great. <laughs>
0: tell everyone where they can find you
2: you can find me on instagram at hannah you can find me on gab at hannah b you can find me on twitter at hd and you can find me of course on timcast.com click on the read tab thank you so much thank you guys it's been great mary you can find me on instagram at closerkitty, and
1: i'm always going to be promoting whatever articles i post on there
0: means the world to us when you watch the show. It really does. And follow her, does. Follow us on, on all the social medias. Uh, so for me, please follow me on Instagram, at Brett Dasovic. For the show, please go to the YouTube channel first. Uh, subscribe to the channel, like the videos, leave comments on the videos. Uh, it does mean the world to us. Maria reads all the comments, I promise. She does. Right? I read
1: every last comment, and, she... and then I do a background check on everybody, <laughs> and I find where you live. Then I send you a letter in the
2: mail responding to what you said. Then uh, she sends out reports, and we have a weekly meeting where we review every comment that pertains to one of us individually. Exactly, mm-hmm.
0: exactly. So uh, your feedback
2: and then, means that much to us.
0: It's it's that important, um, guys. <laughs> uh, we're also on. Uh, they're laughing now. Now I've I've lost my train of thought. So yes, uh, like the YouTube, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the videos, leave comments on the videos. Do the
1: YouTube thing. Do the YouTube thing. And the Instagram. It, thing. it means
0: the world to me. Uh, and then uh, I guess
2: in the in the <laughs> description, the TikTok thing.
0: In the description box of the YouTube channel is a link to the Spotify playlist. If you want to listen to this rather than watch the video, okay. And then there you can listen to the whole podcast, where you'll hear all of this banter, which will not be in the YouTube segment, which makes this promotion. Uh, irrelevant because you're already listening to it this way. Brett will maintain order at all costs.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm trying to work here. You
1: need a gavel.
0: I do. I, I need a gavel and a gown. Order uh, in the court. Oh Yes. Okay. Then uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora in addition to Spotify. We are available on all those platforms. We are on Twitter at popculture underscore show on Instagram at popculturecrisispod and then we are on Facebook and on TikTok at pop culture crisis. Guys, we will be back with another episode next week. See you then. Later.
1: See you then.